Welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. This is Michael Delaware. I am your host. And in today's journey through history, we're going to venture down to Athens, Michigan, and explore the life of a man named Adolphus Convus Waterman. He was a early pioneer to Michigan, and he was a significant figure in the forming of the village of Athens. So come along and join me. Adolphus C. Waterman, who later became a retired farmer and miller in Athens, was born in Penyan in Yates County, New York, on July 14, 1829. He was the son of John and Betsy Waterman. Now, what's interesting about his parents is... His father was born and raised in Rhode Island, and his mother was born and raised in Connecticut. Now, the states are close to each other, so you might wonder how they actually met. Well, they grew up in the same neighborhood. One side of the street was Rhode Island, and the other side of the street was Connecticut, which is kind of interesting. So uh, Betsy Gleason was his mom's maiden name, and they got together and got married and raised a family. Now, the... Father, John Waterman, was a miller by trade and a mechanic. So he was a millwright and a mechanic. And he moved eventually from New England to the Jackson Prairie in 1837 when Adolphus was a very young boy. And he purchased some land and eventually he he wound up in the Athens area. But ultimately, in 1848, Adolphus when he was 19 years old, went to Lockport, Illinois. And he began working with his brother, who was a mechanic, and had taken a contract to build six sets of gates for six locks in that canal. And the father had intended to go to that place and be a superintendent over the work, but he died. And so Adolphus took his place and joined his brothers to go work on it, and they were all involved in assisting the building of two gates on the Illinois and Michigan Canal and continued at Lockport until about 1850. At that point, he and his two brothers, John and Bonini Waterman, started for California. They had captured the gold fever, and they were going to go out there and take their hand at mining. So on the 10th of July, they arrived in Georgetown, California, and this was in 1850. And they had traveled for 68 days in order to get there. Their supply of food had become exhausted before reaching their destination, and they had to live off rations in the final few days during that time in order to make it. So, But uh, Adolphus went to the mines, which was about three miles above Downeyville at a place called Gold Bluff. And the following spring, at the early part of spring, his brother John returned to the East Coast. And in the fall of 1851, after putting up with almost a full year out there, Adolphus and Benonini Waterman came back to Michigan again after completing what they felt was their hand at mining. And they were fairly successful because Adolphus came back with about $10,000. Now, this was 1851, so that was a fair amount of money for that time. In fact, he was doing quite well for a young man. And what he did with that money is he bought 
about 200 acres of land on both sides of what is present-day Main Street in Athens, Michigan. And he erected a building on the site of where his home would eventually become. Now, this building would have been across the street from the present-day Greenfield Mansion, which was restored and remodeled uh, in recent years and is now a part of the Athens Area Historical Museum. And that is a beautiful place to tour. And that was a home built by Eldorado Greenfield. And it was, was the home of Eldorado Greenfield, whom Adolphus Waterman leased some water rights to him to build a mill on the river because Adolphus controlled the water rights of the river there. But that's a whole different story. So Adolphus, he um, settled in the Athens area and he started farming. He built himself a building. He had his home built. And he married Miss Sarah Guernsey in March of 1852. And she was born in Gorham, Ontario County, New York. She was the daughter of Jonathan and Betsy Guernsey. And her father came to Michigan in 1847 and purchased land in Branch County, but subsequently sold out. He purchased a farm on the land that uh, Adolphus had bought from him. Now, his wife, having journeyed from New York, from Buffalo to Michigan by way of a steamer to Detroit, and then she and her brothers drove teams of oxen across country to arrive in Calhoun County. And part of the house that Adolphus Waterman would eventually build was built on land that was formerly owned by her father. And so when she married Adolphus, her father and Adolphus sort of became partners in building up the land and developing it as a farm as well as a residence. So together, they had three children. Arthur, who was born in Leroy Township on December 15, 1854, and he eventually graduated the University of Michigan and became a prominent attorney in Chicago. The other son, John Bonini, was born in the same house that he built in Athens, and he was born in 1865, and he graduated from the Kalamazoo Business College, and he went on to become an auditor for the Nichols and Shepherd Company in Battle Creek. And then the third child was Grace, and she was born in December of 1871, and she also was a graduate of the Battle Creek Business College. So Mr. Waterman was a Democrat, and he voted for Pierce as president. And he had become a reader of the New York Tribune when Horace Greeley was its editor, and he actually voted for Horace Greeley when he ran for office in 1872. But since that time, he considered himself pretty much bound by no party ties because Greeley was a Republican, and so he had liked Greeley, but he realized that he was more of an independent in terms of his political beliefs. After he was married, he devoted a lot of his time to farming. And then in 1863, he dug a mill race, which was three quarters of a mile long, from the Nottawa Creek, and he formed a partnership with a man named James Halbert, and they erected a mill for customized grinding. Two years later, Mr. Halbert sold his interest, and subsequently, Mr. Waterman became the sole proprietor of the mill. And then he changed it to a merchant mill, and he engaged in the manufacture of flour for using a new stone process called the burr stone process. And the mill was still standing and operating with a special roller that he had created 
in the Athens area. And it operated for many years. So Mr. Waterman continued the milling business until the 1890s. And in 1901, he began studying the subject of building cement blocks. And in May of 1902, he filed an application for a patent, which was granted on July 21st, 1903. So I don't know if that's the same type of cement blocks that are in use today, but he had a patent for a type of cement block that he had invented. And while that patent was pending, he began investigating and experimenting along the line of railroad ties. He also took an application and applied for a patent for that invention. And as early as the 1870s, he began working to secure the building of a railroad into Athens. And that was a project that he worked on for a number of years. And there were several failed attempts on three different times to get a railroad into Athens that he was involved in. But he finally was successful in securing the extension of the Michigan Central Line, which went through the village for a time. And he was the first vice president of that Michigan Central Line into Athens. He was the one that took charge of the survey that went into establishing that railroad line. And Mr. Waterman platted the village of Athens and he put forth a lot of effective efforts for the design and the building of the village and he had a large vision for it. And he was uh, very active in his life trying to be a prominent figure and he was very influential in community affairs in Athens. He passed away in 1907 in June at the age of 77. And so if you do a lot of research into the Athens and the history of Athens, you will see Adolphus Waterman come up. He's buried at Burr Oak Cemetery in Athens, Michigan there. And uh, his son is also, uh, I believe, buried there and his wife, as well as his daughter, Grace. And of the early pioneers, he's one of those ones that was pretty significant for the community in which he was involved. Just like uh, Sands McCamley was to Battle Creek in building a mill race and having a vision and help being a part of Platting the Village. And although there were many people involved in the establishing of all of these different villages, these two individuals, they were types of pioneers that were driving forces behind getting things done. And, uh, of course, Adolphus's experience as a young man in building waterways and gates on some of the waterways over in the Illinois area probably had a significant impact on his ability to envision a mill race and establishing a mill, plus his influence from his father being a millwright, of course. But it's also kind of fitting that his last name is Waterman, and he was involved with building gateways for waterways as well as building a mill race in his time. I always found that interesting in history that his name matched up to some of the things that he was known for. So I just wanted to give you a short profile of a historical figure in the Athens area. And there's probably a lot more to be found out about Adolphus Waterman if you were to visit the Athens Historical Museum or the Greenfield House, they probably have some information on some of the early pioneers in the Athens area, and they also hold different events down there. So it's certainly worth visiting and checking out. I've done a couple of videos for them uh, last year down there at the um, Greenfield House and also at the museum. And uh, I've done another video at Burr Oak Cemetery, and I need to get back down there and do another video on Burr Oak 
It is a beautiful cemetery. It's one of the really nice historic cemeteries that has a tremendous amount of history here in Calhoun County. But that's going to conclude today's journey through history. If you enjoyed today's episode, although brief, please be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a review on whatever app that you are listening on. It always helps when I have people subscribe to the channel on the apps that they're listening on. It inspires other people to do the same, as well as leaving a rating or review. It always helps me to get new listeners. And history is a category that is not as broad and big an audience section as some of the other categories out there in the podcast universe. And I've deliberately created a niche of Southwest Michigan in establishing this podcast because I wanted to narrowly focus on a particular audience of people interested in history in this region. At some point, I might expand it to other parts of Michigan or launch a new podcast that goes cast a wider net, you might say. But for the time being, this was the area that I wanted to focus on. And uh, I hope that you've been out there enjoying some of the episodes and learning some information. It is always a challenge for me to try to keep up with uh, the schedule of episodes that I have set for myself on this channel. So any bit of help that you can offer me, that would be great. If you'd like to donate to the work that I am doing here, you can visit michaeldelaware.com and click on the support buttons that are there and make a contribution that way. And if you'd like to uh, meet me in person, I will be doing an event this coming Saturday at the Battle Creek Regional History Museum with Dave Eddy and Jim Jackson on Oak Hill Cemetery. That should be a lot of fun. I'll put the links to where you can get tickets in the podcast show note descriptions. But you can also go to the Battle Creek Regional History Museum website and be directed to the link where you're getting tickets. And that website is bcrhm.com. Org. That's Battle Creek Regional History Museum. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We enjoy uh, working on events together. And I think this is the first time I will have done an event with Jim Jackson. I've done a few events with Dave Eddy in the past. So it'll be a lot of fun. I've put on events for Jim before. So this will be kind of a hoot to have all three of us on stage talking about our favorite subject, which is local history. So I hope that you'll come on out and support the museum and join us for that event. And until next time, when we take another journey into yesterday and explore even more fascinating tales of Southwest Michigan's past. Thank you for listening.